You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market, and Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Union 0430, episode 81. Light crew again tonight. Philly is uh, just getting off work from from saving us from all the hippies down in Toronto. Um, Dave is at the fire hall, uh, but we got Mark with us coming to us all the way from Ashton, Ontario. And we have the published author, ex-military, current subject matter expert for Vortex Canada, Mr. Reg Wales, who's my neighbor, I might add. Well, not right next door, but just down the road. So um, so we got Reg Wales from Vortex Canada, finally able to get um, Reg on after. It's been, what, it's probably been eight months since we first uh, reached out to one another. So we're finally getting you on, Reg. And that's been my fault, really, not yours. Um, so welcome to the show, Reg. I know you listen to the show, so it, it's... Yeah. It's good to have you on, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. Geez, that's quite an introduction, guys. Uh, <laughs> I need it's a picture of me walking on water now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's well, pre- pretty much, pretty much. Photoshop, you can Photoshop that up. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll, I'll figure something out in editing. Um, but no, Reg, like this is awesome because, um, like we always, we we have a ton of great friends that we've met in the community and through this whole Punisher waterfowl and the podcasts and stuff. And we've had some real interesting people on and some experts on. And we have been saying for a long time, the importance of optics and being safe and, and, and knowing your target and knowing what you're shooting at and, and all of that good stuff. Um, But we've never really had anybody on per se that can, that we could call an expert into it and, and explain a lot of the things. So it, it's great to have you on, buddy. And, and I, I really appreciate you take, oh, I know it's the evening and, and you guys are super busy. So um, give us a little bit of your background, Reg. I know it, but uh, just so that the listeners can get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm just a farm boy from Eastern mm-hmm. Ontario. Uh, grew up just actually just outside of Hay Bay, actually on Hay Bay. My dad had a hobby farm down on County Road 9, so uh, grew up down there. Um, it's funny, thinking back now, talking about it, and you guys being for waterfowl, I used to skip school. Like, it was no, high school was not my thing. It was just, I knew what I wanted to do in life, right? Pretty well like you, like, I want to join the Army, and that was it. Just guns, yeah. girls, and blowing things up. So I would just march it, I would just mark in time for school. Yeah. So being on Hay Bay and coming from a, a hunting family, yeah, I was down there pounding pounding ducks as much as I could. I'd skip school and go down and do that and, and deer hunt and shoot coyotes and all that good stuff. And so that's where I spent my time as a kid. And um, yeah, uh, once I turned 17, school wasn't for me. So yeah. I took off and yeah. did the army thing, right? So get yeah. mom and dad's, get mom and pop's signature and off you go and do your thing. And uh that didn't work out very well after a while, a few years, it was about six years in, I got, I got seriously wounded overseas, uh, yeah. on one of the ops overseas. And, uh, 
that ended my career. So um, after that, got my health back, went back to college, graduated from policing, knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. And long story short, I ended up landing here in uh, with Vortex Canada and through a, a fellow that we both know, Peter Ray, introduced yeah. me to the owner of Vortex. And that's where I started. And uh, yeah, she's just been a, a whirlwind ever since. Just been fast that's, and furious. Uh, that's crazy. I didn't know that Peter... Peter was your introduction into uh, into Vortex. That's really, really cool. What a small yeah, world, eh? It is. And actually, the really cool side of that, too, is I was teaching his oldest boy, uh, yeah. firearm safety in Hunter Ed, and that's how I got to meet Pete, because he brought yeah. him into the class. And and then we got talking, and then, uh, a couple of days later, he said, hey, I want to go out in the range. Let's go out and do some shooting. And uh, so we rode on the range, and I showed him a few things with optic. He's like, man, you got to come meet my my boss, the owner. Yeah. Yeah. So we set up a set up a day. I went to Guelph. We had lunch, and Paul's like, "Yeah, you're you're coming with me." So, and awesome. I'm a lifer. Like, I you know, I believe hey. Vortex. There's no doubt about it. So, it's uh, it, they're good people. I couldn't like they're it's a family owned company, and um, it's funny because after I left the service, I can honestly say I was always looking for something to be a part of that that again that that yeah. uh, camaraderie, and that's why I went back to college for for policing, but. I found it. I found it right here with Vortex. Like I'm just one of the guys in everyone has a, a certain niche and we all work together and uh, I couldn't ask for a better family to be a part of. It's yeah. And, great. and, and I know some people are listening and they'll be like, Oh yeah, here it comes. Um, because mm -hmm. obviously they know that Vortex is a big part of the show, but you know, uh, besides the, the optics and the gear and stuff like, I've got a pretty good relationship with, with you and Neil and, and I know Peter and stuff like it is a very down to earth uh, company that if you have questions, you just reach out, they talk to you like you're a normal human being, they get it, you know, they understand things. So it is, it is a pretty, it is a pretty cool thing. And I've, uh, uh, Merkel know him, but our friend Craig Lalonde uh, messaged me the other day and he was talking about, um, he had said, you know, the, the people that you've had on the show over the last, you know, 80 something episodes, he was like, I, every episode, I'm always amazed with how down to earth every one of the guests are. And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. eh? like you, you think that they're this big macho group of, of alpha males and, and it's not the case whatsoever. It's just regular dudes that just love hunting and, and whatever. And, and they just, you know, they've actually made, uh, the cool thing is that they've actually turned it into a career and, and, it, and it's paying the bills. Right. So that, that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. 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 I can, I can honestly say like, when we say this is a family, we, we truly care for each other and mm -hmm. you know, there's no one shining star amongst the group. Everybody brings something to the table and, uh, one thing I really appreciate when I work for working for Vortex Canada is um, like we're here to help you. And that's what Paul really puts out. That's that's what we do as a team. Uh, yeah. If you call me and you and I've got, you know, I've fielded calls from people from that are running other manufacturers optics. And they're saying, especially during COVID, saying, hey, Reg, man, uh, you help me out or help my buddy out on a different optic. Uh, but I'm running this optic by a different manufacturer. I'm having trouble. Can you kind of give me a a hint how to fix her up and uh yeah i mean we're gonna help you out it's like it's yeah. just the way we are so i'm a shooter um 
eventually I'll win you over. You'll come over to the Vortex side eventually anyways. <laughs> so it's all good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so what's, what's coming up for 2022 for Vortex? I know I, I'll steal a little bit of your thunder because I know that this new scope that, that you guys just hit the market, I know everybody is pretty excited about that. And, and a lot of people are, are really excited because they, because this is gen three, I think. Um, so they're really excited about that, but, uh, and I'll let you talk about it, but what else is exciting for Vortex right now? Uh, well, I got one here to show you. So I'll pull that okay. up in a second. Uh, there's a couple of really cool things that come up. Well, we don't have a lot of product to, to show you right now as, a, as it's coming out, um, but we do have that new scope and I'll talk about it in a moment. We do have a new magnifier that just came out. So we're, we're increasing the power magnification uh, with that. Uh, I'm, in my eyes, a magnifier is a magnifier is a magnifier. If you got a three times and when you step into a, and as we increase the magnification, that's all you're getting. Um, so there's no need to run out, not unless you really need something that's gonna reach out further. Um, so that being said, we do have a few things coming down the pipe. Uh, Vortex USA plays their cards fairly close to their chest and, and we're actually sometimes the last to know right the day before or maybe we even catch it on YouTube sometimes. Uh, one of the, the cool things that maybe your viewers uh, have already seen is we watched a, a cool video that Vortex USA put out and I, I knew it was coming but I didn't know to the extent of the product that was being launched. But uh, the United States military is looking for a new uh, weapons platform, a new caliber, 6.8. And um, so when they put the bid out for that, they put bids out for new optics. So Vortex Canada did release it just uh, the other day, a couple yeah. days ago. That we won that, that contract. And it's, a, it's like, it's something out of Star Wars, man. It's, it's just phenomenal, it's crazy. Um, but it's built on a, on a low power one day variable, but it's got all the, the hooplas and gadgets and everything. So um, without me going into spending hours talking about it on this podcast, uh, if you're interested, the listeners, just shoot over to the Vortex USA website and right on their homepage, they've already got that up there that you can click on it. And there's a podcast that, uh, that the boys at uh, Jimmy and uh, the guys put together uh, down yep. there and it goes into great detail. And it just gives you a little bit of an insight just where Vortex is, where we are in the industry and where we're going. Like we're, we're, three, we're three, always three steps ahead. The guys are always working and, and always improving. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you see today that we are using our Vortex products, a lot of the changes that happens, it happens because of the, the customer. Whether you're calling in and you're talking to me and you give me a pitch me an idea, it's good that the, the listeners know that those ideas or those comments don't fall onto deaf ears, that we take that and we send it in the right direction. And if there's some validity to it, maybe something down the road happens with it. So um, as we move forward and we see these new products come out, a lot of the changes that happen is because of the, the feedback from the customer at the customer level. Yeah, so I will. Got, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, Reg, to cut you off. I will post that. Um, so this is Wednesday night. I'll post it on Thursday morning. Um, that that video, I'll post it up on all our socials just so that uh, people can, uh, you know, watch it. And then when they get ready to listen to the episode, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that was the video Damien showed the other day. So I have that video. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely post that up. Yeah, the cool thing is in the video there, there's, there is some hints to the public that maybe in the future here, I can, I can, we can see it. 
that the technology will eventually fall down and come down streaming down to the consumer level. So yep. um, it's, it's exciting times to see where this stuff is really going. Big time. You know? Yeah. And, and that's a huge contract too. Like, like that's a huge contract to, to be able to supply optics for, for a military, um, let alone the, the American military. Um, that, that's a, that's a huge contract and a, and a big pat on the back to vortex for sure yeah, yeah talk about talk about job security there uh there's a lot of zeros behind that so yeah you start doing some you crunching some numbers there's a lot of zeros so yeah. uh we're, we're here to stay uh we're definitely not a flash in the pan we've already made our mark in the industry but uh this just lets your your viewers know that uh the direction that we're headed in so and and you know what and that's a good point and 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 we can talk about it because it's something that that we've talked about on this show a number of times. But um, personally, so so let's let's go back to about eight months ago when I reached out to you. We had talked um, about getting you on the show, and then we started talking about well, how can Vort and and I remember you saying, "Listen, how can Vortex help out Punisher Waterfowl and stuff?" And I said, "Well, I I, I don't know, man. Like." Uh, I don't, I don't know how, how Vortex fits into the waterfowling world, right? Other than binos. And then you and I got talking and, and, and we really started um, figuring things out. And then I really started to pay attention to, you know, excuse me, Vortex's um, ambassador program and their, and their sponsorship program and, and how heavily invested that, that Vortex and Vortex Canada, um, how much they're invested into making sure that their product is out there, it's being used and abused, and and the results are being showcased. It you know in in a world where especially in this hunting world, everybody seems like they they need to be sponsored or they need to have an ad, uh, be an ambassador or or needs to be getting free stuff because ultimately that's, that's what it comes down to for a lot of people. Um, but from a business standpoint, Vortex was very, like, I don't, in a class of their own in the way that they had done it, because they had branched out to, you know, just bird watching, to long range shooting, to um, Western style, big game hunting, to deer to Turkey, like it just a huge, huge scope and, and was managed and managed to get somebody in each individual field to be able to promote their gear. And you look anywhere now and, and Vortex, and not that Vortex was small before, but um, Vortex is everywhere right now. Yeah, the one thing uh, one thing that Vortex has done very very well uh, is branding. Um, yeah, you know we I'm looking at you guys and I, like my my closet is 90% Vortex, right? And uh, I'm looking at you guys wearing the Vortex gear. Yeah, you know I was getting gas down at the down at the little gas station down the road on the weekend, and two of the three people that were there getting gas were wearing Vortex gear, and <laughs> they all know me from the area, but. It, uh, yeah. You're right. It, it you're right. It seems like it's everywhere. Um, there's no lack of people that want to join the team. That's for sure. And mm -hmm. we've made some good changes, uh, good changes to our teams, uh, or I should say, our team in, in Guelph. 
Um, we brought on Neil. Uh, he's yeah. been a rock star for us. He, he, he really, uh, yeah, he really shines at his job and, uh, he's really the one behind, uh, making some changes to our ambassador program. So it was pro mm -hmm. staff. Now we're into the ambassador program. So he's really taken that by, by the reins and, uh, I think taking in a really good positive direction, not that it wasn't before, um, but we've kind of uh, kind of make it uh, what we really think it should be. And the people that we have involved now with it, uh, including uh, your, you guys yourselves, um, are, are, are rock stars. Everybody's there. Um, it's not about the product. It's for us. It's yes, it's to get the product in the people's hands that need it. Uh, but it's also to support the, the person with the product. So um we do a lot for charity, as you know, um, but the more that we put ourselves out there, we actually get so much feedback from that. And just, I'm going to say on a weekly basis, I'm gonna, if it's on a weekly basis on my end, anyways, I can say that I get, I field calls and it's like, thanks, man. Thanks for sending this out to us for a, whether we're doing a, a fundraiser. Um, we're, we're very much heavily involved with wounded warriors and uh, support from the services and stuff. So, yeah, we're we're everywhere. We're uh, we're supporting charities. We're putting the the gear in the people of the hands of the people that are going to use yeah. it in the field, and it's uh, it's paying back uh, big dividends for us. Yeah, so it's been really good. So I don't want to downplay any of your other ambassadors or people involved with it, but I got to ask, how did you get Carrie Price? <laughs> are you in on that <laughs> i wish you know what man i wish i could say i had that but that was like i i heard a little bit of chatter uh a while ago and then it just kind of fell off my radar and then um and then yeah i was like two days ago i got an email yeah. a bunch of us got an email from the office right and carrie price did a nice little video uh for us just saying hi you know welcome aboard and uh i was kind of taken back it's like right on it's like this is yeah. yeah we're bringing in the big guns now eh? like uh, <laughs> that's right and, and you know what he is uh if you if you really look into carrie price and i'm sure you guys have followed him watching his hockey career but yeah uh, he's just a stellar individual like he does so much for just his community uh mm -hmm. in charitable groups so he will fit in he'll fit in really nicely with us uh, it, an, an outstanding human being um leave his his hockey accolades uh to to <laughs> wasn't going there <laughs> no, no, but but seriously, like you leave his hockey, uh, how successful he is in hockey, but as a human being, like the man gives so much um, to to his first to the First Nations and and his own community and and yeah, just an outstanding human being and and you know what? That's a pretty good notch in your belt to be able to say, you know, Carrie Price is is part of your team. I I think it's a pretty cool when. When Mark, when we found out about it, Mark immediately messaged me. He was like, "We got to try and get it. We got to try and get a hunt with with Carey Price." And we were laughing, of course, right? Um, yeah. But uh, you know, it's just that uh, awesome. Again, just just more proof. Yeah. That, that board. I'm actually I'm actually over. hoping that we get to get a chance to put some rounds down range with them somewhere. Oh yeah, and, for uh, sure. A little bit of training, but yeah, it'd be fun to do something, right? Get him out doing some duck hunting or something. He's not that far away either, right? So no, that's uh, right. And and again, I think uh, I think you would be. Uh, I think if if you, how can I say this, if you have the idea that he's going to walk into a place like he owns it and he's just this stuck up dude, I think you're going to be disappointed because I think he's just like the rest of us, just 
just a guy yeah. likes to hunt. Um, he's just he just plays the best goalie in the league uh, playing in Canada. So he gets a little bit more of attention, right? So, I'll be the first one to say when I meet the guys, like, you know, I'm not a Habs fan, but I yeah, love you me. as a dude, man. Cause yeah. uh, just Big like time. my, my sister-in-law is huge with a Fabs uh, Habs fan. And once I said, yeah, we signed him. She's like, what? And she went all googly eyes. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, you know, and those are the types of people that we have um, in our orbit and in, in, in our circle at the office and for pro staff, or I guess ambassador now. Uh, the ambassador program. Um, it's funny. Uh, the owners and just everyone involved, when we bring new staff on, just have a really great knack for picking good, good, soulful people. Um, we all work together. We all have the same goal. There's no, there's definitely no me, me, me in it. And uh, that's the kind of people we want to be around. That's what everyone wants to be around. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. Yeah. And Rich. that's where you learn. That's where you're going to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Like you sur you surround yourself with good people, man, and, and good things will happen, right, Mark? Yeah. A guy like him, he transcends hockey. He, he transcends everything. Like if he's involved in hunting, but he's involved in other things, right? Is isn't and, and everybody recognizes him. I, I don't know. In North America, he's probably pretty recognizable right across the continent. I, I don't know. So. Can't speak can't speak for Mexico, but because yeah. because he's that much of a star and he, he's he's and we've all seen the videos of how he reacts with his fan, interacts with his fans and stuff. And that, is, that has made him a, 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 a appeal to an, a broader audience. Like, the, he, he's so much more than just hockey, right? Like, yeah. when you guys yeah. signed him, that was, that was a, you hit a home run there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you can't tell, Merck's a Habs fan. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I <laughs> but now that we're here. Yeah, I'm surprised um, he's not wearing like a Habs jersey, right? Well, so, I'm surprised uh, he hasn't got something in the background because he usually does have something in the background just so that he can get on my nerves. Um, <laughs> well, you but, know something, uh, when we talk about the ambassador program, like uh, it's great to have guys on that come into, uh, come on board with us as part of that team. But even the previous, uh, the previous uh, pro staff that we had in the past, like, They've been awesome. Every, everyone that has yeah. been a part of us has just had some part, some part, or whether it's a small part or a large part, it doesn't matter. They've had some type of um, influence on where we are today as a company. And uh, so we got to, so we got to take our hat off to those people that are no longer maybe associated directly with us and say, you know, still thank you for your contribution. And, um, but as we move forward, uh, there's so many great people out there just in our country that are so talented, whether waterfowlers uh game callers you know guides long-range precision shooters the names just goes on and on right yeah, so yeah. to be able to say to someone to come in that wants to come in and be a part of our team at that caliber yeah is just phenomenal it's just phenomenal <laughs> yeah. for us yeah and, and it says a lot about it says a lot about the company right so not only not only is it you know exciting for the company to be able to say that you know, you've got somebody like Carey Price and then some of the other people that you have. But um, if you think Carey Price jumped in on this without doing research and making sure that it was the right fit for him, um, you, you'd be you'd be foolish to think that he just willy nilly jumped on board with Vortex too, right? So he done his research and and that's a testament to, to your company, right? Um, to say just how well you guys are operating because uh, 
a guy like him is not going to get involved if, if it's not a top-notch organization. Yeah, like he, the video he put out just to say hi to us all, like he, he made it really clear that he's been running Vortex products for a number of years. So mm -hmm. um, that's really, really great to yeah. hear that. Reg, um, we've, you know, Mark and I and, and the rest of the lads, we've talked about it a, a ton of times on the show, and it's great to have you on now. Um, but we've talked about the importance of, of the scout and, and scouting when it comes to bird hunting. And, and I get it. Sometimes you can't always um, get eyes into a spot where, where you want to be, but you, you try your best to get in there, right? And, and we had a guest on a bunch of months ago, a guy named Bobby Hayes, um, who owns Ducklander Calls out of, out of Kansas. And, and he had said that when somebody asks him, what is the first thing he sh they should buy after getting into duck hunting? Excuse me. And he says, before you even buy a call, buy a set of binos. Now, I know when, when I was looking at binos, it can be somewhat intimidating, especially when you're looking at the Vortex catalog because there's like 9 million different sets of friggin binos out there right so can you you know can you give an idea of say a, a, a set of binos that should fit in your blind bag and then a set that you would have in the truck or or when you're doing those long range sitting scouts what would you recommend yeah that's a good question and i i agree 100 percent with him and uh so years ago, when even when I was a kid, I was told, like, again, buying a pair of binos, that was long, my days long before Vortex, but the binos are an extension of your eyes, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you don't want to go cheap on things you want to see, but the great thing is with the Vortex uh, lineup that we have, and I actually had to pull up my little cheat sheet because I gotta, I'm the first to tell you that we've got so many SKUs, I can't remember all of the numbers, uh, all yeah. the specs. But um, there's that many SKUs. But mm -hmm. um, to give you an idea, um, we do have a bino that will fit. It should fit everyone's budget somewhere within there. Um, yep. We don't make a $69 pair of binos, but we do have a pair of binos that will fit you within the crossfire line, our entry lineup that will be able to suit your budget. And you will be, you will be happy with the product. Um, all of our binos currently right now are all HD glass, so high density glass. So yep. whether you jump in and you start off in our, our entry line of our crossfires or you're up to our top tier of our razor product, you're going to be, you're going to be fielding some, some great glass. Um, the bigger you get, it's simple. The bigger you get in the magnification, the bigger the unit is and the bigger the unit is, the heavier it is. So when it comes to scouting, because I've done a lot of scouting over the years, same thing. You don't want to be, um, you don't want to be toting around like a five pound pair of binos on your chest. Um, you know, depending where you're going, if you're going to go out and look for ducks or you're going to go out and, and spot for some turkeys, uh, you know, you want to have something fairly light and compact that, but enough magnification that can get the job done. Um, being a and we're watching also too i gotta tell you another little trend that's happening as well and i've been doing it for years but seeing more of it is people are using optics for double duty for different things because in some cases if you need to have a range finder and you want a pair of binoculars at the same time and you got to have one or the other 
Well, you can use your rangefinder as a monocular because it has magnification, like you have yeah. six, seven, seven times power. And I find when I'm going out shooting dogs, shooting coyotes, um, with Pete, we'll pull up and I'll just use a pair of my my rangefinder because it's just quick, it's handy, it's light, and I need to have it with me anyways. So yeah. instead of carrying a pair of binoculars, maybe I'll roll that in that instance. But um, for waterfowlers, for you guys, uh, you know, you're going to move into your blind. You're going to have your kit bag with, you know, your gear. So maybe you will want to have something with some magnification. You don't care about that. Um, but for the most part, we kind of figure the 10, 10 by 42s, 1032s are kind of a general kind of uh, binocular that kind of fit the niche for pretty well everything you would need. Um, once you get past uh, the 10 power and you get into 12 or you get into 15 powers, then you're really getting up there where, you know, you got to be, you got to be benching 250 pounds type thing to hold these things all day long. <laughs> They're just way too big. Yeah. Get yourself a tripod type deal. So, um, but if you are set up and you're looking across a field, say, again, if you guys are waterfowling and you're not in a rush, you just want to pick out your spot. You could be standing out there with a tripod and these mounted on a tripod and just scanning along, uh, along the bank, right. Where are you going to set yep. up? So Definitely and, and different objects for different applications. Like everything's got its place, but if you only had one choice, just go for a mid-range and it will make it, it will work. And 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 the attachments and all the accessories that you guys have designed with your binos, like um, so so for the sake of most waterfowlers, I would say a lot of their scouting is done from the road as they're traveling and, and driving and driving around and checking out cornfields and, and, and whatnot. Um, and when you get, when you get into those big magnification binos and trying to hold them and, and for anybody that hasn't looked through high power, you don't know how much you shake until you start looking through some high power. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but just those, just those, those little mounts that, that you guys have designed for your car window so that your binos can sit on the car window to hold it steady so that you can look out through it just, it, it makes a, a world of difference. Cause like I said, um, I know I'm a pretty shaky person uh, when I'm looking through some high powered vinyls. So uh, I need all the help I can get. Yeah. Well, you, you know, yeah, but you're right, man. It's like those window mounts are, they're the, they're the cat's ass go to the You know, it's just yeah. fantastic. You can roll your window up and down, kind of elevate a little bit. You can make yeah. adjustments, but you're not, you're not holding all that weight, but you still can make use of like a 10, 12, 15 power optic and get those benefits. And anyone that's ever looked through a monocular, uh, like either a smaller monocular or a spotting scope for a long period of time, that gets pretty taxing. You get, mm -hmm. man, and I, and I suffer from headaches. So to me, look through a, looking through a spotting scope for a long period of time, like that can really be, really uh, be a negative. So looking through a binocular with two independent barrels, it's much more easier to be able to look longer and yeah. it's not as taxing on the body. Mark, I've, do you uh, want to say something? I I've been running Vortex for quite a while now, and I've had a, an older set of uh, 12 by 50 Diamondbacks, and those things have done yeoman's duty for me for for the longest time. They were my, they replaced an old set of Bushnells, and I gave those Bushnells to a buddy of mine. Actually, I gave them to Ryan at the time, and uh, and I ran with these 12 by 50s for the longest time and, and the reason I got 12 by 50s at the time is because I just wanted to buy one pair of binos. I wanted something that was yeah. decent for long range 
but still kind of small enough that I could throw them into the to the blind bag or the backpack or whatever, and they wouldn't be too bad. Now, uh, fast forward to last year, uh, I got the 10 by 28s, the little, the little 10 by 28s, and those are now my favorite pair of binos Big by ones. far. I mean, I still have the, the 15 by 56s. Those sit in the truck. That's where they are right now. That's why I don't have them in here to show off, but they sit in the truck, and I always have them in the truck. They're always available to me for scouting, and I can take them from the truck and do stuff. But my 10 by 28s are in my blind bag. I had to go haul them out of the blind bag so I could have them in the kitchen because we we have uh, different kinds of birds in the backyard and stuff, and I just wanted a pair of binos, so now they're up there. But I got to say that the whole going from a 12 by 50 to a 10 by 28 for the bag is like a game changer. That's like they're perfect. They're absolutely perfect. Yeah, you can have 10 by 42 or whatever, but the 10 power itself to me seems like it's it's perfect for having in the blind bag. I think it's a good overall uh, power setting. And, and I carry a 1032s in my truck and simply because they're able to fit down in my console easy and, and they're not big and bulky and I can just grab them, you know, you're driving around yeah. where we are and you stop, you see some deer in the field or some turkeys, you pull over, you, you're looking through them. So yeah, I totally hear you on that. And I think sometimes smaller is better. It's not always about the biggest and biggest and better. Uh, yeah. As you go smaller, your field of view, like everything is just opening up. Um, and you're not, a and you're right. You're not as shaky, right? You're not, first of all, you're not holding all that weight. And what, and also too, when they're on your chest or you put, throw them in your pocket, um, you don't feel like you're, you're walking around with a big brick on the front of you. So, um, yeah, sometimes smaller is better the way to go scouting, man. If you're doing a lot of time and putting a lot of time on your boots and especially if you're looking for turkeys, right. Looking and, yeah. and doing some coliseum where they're, they're roosting, um, and laying up like you're gonna you're gonna do some walking and, and walking through the bush and i just find the smaller binos are seem to be the way to go if you're on a boat or you're if you're out west or you're you're glassing across a large field then then yeah you're gonna want something bigger but you're also gonna bring a small like maybe a tripod something that's light that you can kind of prop them up kick back and relax and, and just take your time and glass Reg, uh, just for the people that are listening and, and just in case uh, somebody don't understand. So when you're talking about like the 10 by 42s and, and stuff like that, can you explain what that what those numbers uh, correlate to just so that when people are, are, are hearing those numbers, just so that they know exactly what we're talking about? Yeah, for sure. So the any when you see any a, a binocular that's or um, or even a spotting scope or a monocular that's advertised, the first number is going to give you your magnification power. So in this case, we're talking about ten. So it's going to be ten times the power. Uh, and then the second number is going to be your objective lens size. So where Mark was saying, you know, ten forty twos or ten thirty twos, thirty two millimeter is going to be your diameter of your lens. So. Um, why that really matters is when we we're talking about larger the heavier but at the same time the human eye can only take in between two to seven millimeters of light through the what we call exit pupil so if you had a 10 power and you had a 32 millimeter objective and you divide those two numbers gives you what is it my math is horrible my, i have to take my shoes and socks off was it 3.2 millimeters so uh, with that being said, like it's going to give you enough light, even in the lower light settings, that you're still going to be able to see your target image. So those mm -hmm. are really important points to think of. Um, so that second number is the large, that's the size of the objective. 
And that works the same on rifle scopes, monoculars, binoculars, uh, you name it. If it's an optical device and it has an objective cell, it will be measured in millimeters. That's awesome. Um, thanks for that. Now, I, I do know that this is a waterfowl podcast and, and stuff, but like most waterfowlers, they're dipping their toes into a little bit of everything. Um, so let so show us this new scope. I watched the original uh, video that come out from the boys down in the States uh, with the fella that upgraded to this one. Um, and he was just giddy about it, like the glass and everything. And, 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 he, and he had even said, he was like, this wasn't given to me. I bought this. Um, and this is amazing. And one of the other guys was there. He was, he was actually using one of, one of your competitors scopes. And he was like, this thing is friggin' amazing. And this is gen three, right? Gen three. So we've had the gem. We started out with the gen one razor, uh, and it's still in our line. Well, it, I shouldn't say it's in our lineup. Um, but we went from the gen one to the gen two, and this is the Gen 3. So um, this is kind of the, I want to say the flagship now. Yeah. Uh, we've made some, well, they've made some serious changes to it. It wears the same color uh, for the scope for the optic. Uh, it looks very similar in size. Uh, it's a little bit lighter. It's actually a little bit shorter. But the key important points is it's not the same beast. Totally different. New lens elements. Um, so it's, is completely different in that manner. Uh, adjustability, uh, they've simplified it. So you can see up top here, if you can see, if you visit the Vortex website and you can actually get a really good idea and get the link to that podcast that Damien was just talking about. But just making the, the turret corrections on sighting in with the LTEC turrets, they redesigned it. Um, you know, switch view, throw lever comes with it. It's, uh, you know, I actually mounted it on my Rimfire 22 uh, to play around with it a little bit. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty phenomenal, man. And guys and girls will be buying these and run them on their the Rimfire PRS, kind of the Rimfire Precision Series, and they'll be out running this kind of thing in the summer. So, uh, yeah, if if you really want to jump on board and look at it, go onto our website or the Vortex Canada website. But there's just so much going on with this optic. And I think the biggest part is to stress that it is not, uh, it's not the same lens elements that's designed for the Gen 2. It's a yeah. whole different beast. So yeah. really, really stoked. When I, when I got it, I was just, you know, because that's kind of my forte. I've been doing the long range thing long before it's kind of been the cool thing. And, yeah. uh, and this is just, and as I get older, my eyes are getting bad. <laughs> so yeah. the only yeah. way I can deal with that is kind of keep going with the optics, right? Keep upgrading the glass. But um, yeah, it's it's an amazing optic, 34 millimeter tube. You got lots of adjustability, uh, same as any other optic in our lineup on the tactical side. Uh, MOA, Milrad, Milrads, if you wish, uh, so you get your choice. Uh, even redesigned the reticle, got a new reticle inside, so mm -hmm. she's a, a brand new uh, a brand new baby from the scratch from the ground up. So yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that a lot of people will kind of generate want to go in this direction towards this optic for the long range precision shooters is that it's our largest magnification range to date that we've ever produced. So it's a six to 36 power with a 56 millimeter objective. So it's yeah, six to 36. So if you're looking, yeah, if you're looking to go ahead and see the flag on the moon, this is probably your best candidate. 
um, for it. So it's definitely got that magnification, but most importantly, it's got the clarity. So yeah. one thing that we talked about first off when we, you and I first started chatting way back in the day last year, and we talked about optics a little bit, and I really wanted to stress that it's not about magnification, it's about clarity. Yeah, so whether it's a pair of yeah. binoculars or a spotting scope or a rifle scope, clarity is really king. So mm -hmm. what's beautiful about this unit, and I've spent some time with it now, is that it delivers on both of those aspects. It delivers on the clarity and mm -hmm. it also delivers on that magnification if you really need to need it to get out that far. So I, and if you can, the, go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna say for that magnification, that, that scope doesn't look like it's like overly large. It looks like it's reasonably compact actually. Yeah, for, to give you an idea, it's no really no bigger than anything we else ever line up, whether it's a Gen 2 uh, PST, uh, it's, it's still with comparable in length. So to give, give your viewers an idea, if those people are out there running with that kind of an optic with their Gen 2, it's fairly comparable in size for in length. Um, it's, it's a little lighter, a little shorter than our current Gen 2 model of this. So we've shaved a little bit of weight off. They simplified the LTEC turrets, which shaved a little bit of weight as well. Um, but again, there's just so many great things I love about this optic. Um, I really don't know where they're going to go from here. And we said this about the Gen 2 is yeah. when that landed in my lap. It's like over the Gen 1 is like, how much, man, how much better can this actually get? And then what do you do? You get this sent to you and it's like, holy cow, you know, like yeah. Stevie Wonder could see through this thing. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so it's, and this is the, this is the route that we're taking. All of our products is just, We've got the warranty, we've got the product, we've got the expertise in our in our staff, in our in our reps, in our ambassador program to uh, to really promote it. And uh, it's great to go ahead and see the products that they're in being used um, within the general public. So that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it keeping in true form of this show where I jump all over the place. I want you to I, I want you to, to, to sort of give me the answer that you gave me back um, probably about four or five months ago um, when so my buddy Mark knows him, uh, Bill Kennedy, um, dog trainer, these guys, uh, binos and, and stuff, they're having them with them all the time. And they had these uh, self-focusing binos. And, and my buddy Bill said, he said, hey, can you reach out to your friends in Vortex and see if they they have something like this. And I remember I, I messaged you and I was like, self-focusing binos. I'm like, what is that? And, and it was like, I lit a fire underneath you. And you were like, this is, <laughs> this is, this is my thoughts on, on self-focusing binos and, and the, the stress that you're putting on your eye and all this stuff, the stuff that you explained to me. And I'm like, man, this, I was, it just wasn't expecting anything like this for an answer. I, yeah, I probably was. I, hopefully, I didn't say words that I shouldn't have said to you. No, but, no, no, uh, absolutely. It's not appropriate it was for podcast use, but um, I, I try to lay it out there. Whether I'm talking to you or the customer, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat uh, it for you. Um, mm -hmm. And another thing is, I'm just not one of those guys that is going to say something negative about another manufacturer's product. I'm just not going to roll yeah. that way. Um, mm -hmm. But there are a few things you should be looking for when you buy an optic. And one of those things when, when we think about binoculars, is that when you hear the term uh, self-focusing or autofocus, it's like, man, I just pick them up. They're going to do all the work for me and I don't have to tinker around with it. It's good to go. Um, that's not the case. Uh, what that comes down to is just simply 
the manufacturer has taken a pair of binoculars and they've set the focus distance at a certain distance in front of you. So usually it's like either like 30 or 60 feet or I think it's sorry or yards in front of you. It's a short distance. Yeah, I think it's kind of the standard for them. And uh, what happens is when you pick the optic up and you, as soon as you pick it up, it's going to be the clearest at that distance. So at 30 yards or whatever the preset distance that they choose, that's going to be the best picture that you're actually going to get of your target image. But our eyes are a self-focusing organism. So when you look at something that's not clear, uh, if you look at it long enough, your eyes will start to sharpen the image up. So with a self-focusing or auto-focusing um, binoculars, the manufacturer is basically betting on the fact that your eyes will compensate. So if you're looking at something with self-focusing uh, binoculars and you say it's 200 yards out downrange at a deer across a field, as soon as you poke it up, put it up there, um, it might not look picture perfect, but as you're looking at it, it'll start to clear up slowly and slowly, but it's never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what, that's what you're kind of, that's what you're paying for. So yeah. in the end, the best thing you could do for yourself is to get a pair of binoculars and have them be adjusted for you because my eyes are different than yours, Damien. Right. So mm -hmm. we're not going to get the same pair, like adjustability is yeah. not going to be the same. Yep. So why settle for me to buy a pair of binoculars that's just made for everyone when I'm yep. not everyone, I'm an individual. So to be able to get a pair of binoculars that you can adjust for each one of your barrels on your, uh, on your binoculars to suit each one of your eye strengths. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing is that each of our eyes, it's very rare that you would have an individual with the same strength of eyes, in, uh, eye in the left and the right. So mm -hmm. you need to compensate by that. And having a pair of binoculars that allows you to adjust for that will allow you to, once they're set up properly, you can view longer and you're not going to be dealing with the headaches and the strain all the time. Um, so your buddy, yeah, maybe his binos are working out well for him and they're ser serving the purpose. But um, I think if he got himself into a good pair of quality binos that he could adjust for himself, and he's glassing for a long period, he would notice the difference. Yeah, big for sure. time. I'm sure. Um, that dog, that dog training community, um, when I rolled up to uh, a, a test back in the summer and and the uh, the judges and, and everyone's walking around and they're trying, you know, they're placing targets and, and stuff like this. And, and they're trying to pace it out and, and going up and down, you know, lows and highs and stuff. And they're trying to figure out how far it is. And I pulled out that, that range finder that I have. The, the amount of people that looked at me and said, man, that's a good piece of kit. And I'm like, saves you from guessing. And, and I'm horrible. And now I need to preface this by saying, I am horrible at judging distance. I am absolutely horrible at it. So um, I definitely need, I definitely need to have, have that in my pocket. And we actually, actually Mark and I did a good video back to fall for the, for the range finder out on, uh, out on Camden Lake where, where I showed how we use it with regards to setting our decoys from where we are in the blind to where our decoys are, to where our kill shot is. And, and we use, we use our range finder for that. So, um, you know, the, the tools are there, but for some reason, uh, uh it's either, um, 
the education isn't there that people don't know this is something to use for that aspect. Or in, in my case, um, somebody told me real duck hunters don't need uh, a range finder. So, um, <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, yeah, my, like I pounded a lot of ducks when I was a kid on the bay and I can tell mm -hmm. you, I missed a lot of ducks too. So, oh. you know, this is just about setting up right, man. Like if, why not, if you got the tools, why not use them? So from what I'm getting, what you're telling me, you're setting your ducks out, you know, your maximum range that you want to hit the ducks. Yeah. So if they come in on the ducks, you know what they're, they are. So yeah. think about your days back in the infantry. It's like setting up a range card, right? You know mm -hmm. exactly where everything is and where it's coming in. So yeah. I think yeah. that's a responsible, responsible hunting, if anything. And it's a great tool to have. Um, range finders if you're in the field there's no reason why you shouldn't have them they, they you can use them as a like a monocular again as a as a makeshift yeah. binocular you know something you can use so you can see the object you're not going to be pointing a rifle scope at something especially if someone's standing there so use your mm -hmm. your uh, range finder if you need to range something uh like putting your ducks out uh but there's a lot of a lot of kit on the market or the for optics that will do double duty and range finders yeah. are one of those pieces of kit yeah. So if you can't well, you, afford a pair of binos and you need a rangefinder, just go buy a rangefinder. And for now, we'll, you can double duty as a makeshift monocular. But now I'm I'm hearing so many fellas that are adding the rangefinder. So again, excuse me. Um, just on on proximity to um, roads and proximity to houses and and you know the the regulations on where you're allowed to hunt and stuff. There's no question. Cause they carry a range finder with them and they go, I'm good. Range finder said, bang, I, here I am. I'm good. Nobody can say nothing because I, I'm not, I've taken the guesswork out of it. I've taken error out of it and, and I am, I'm good now. So, you know, it's just like you said, it's another tool to have in your toolbox that, that can either uh, make you more responsible, probably a little bit safer and, and more ethical, which is, my reasoning on 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 using it when I set out my decoys and stuff because I only want to shoot birds at 30 yards. Um, any further than that, I really don't want to shoot them. Um, and this way I know I'm not getting cripples. So this is the reason why I do this. Mark, I've been doing a lot of talking, buddy. Well a lot a lot of your listeners too are running you guys and Mark, you're 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 a turkey hunter, you know? Like you yes. guys go out and every day too, right? So yeah. You know, having a, a range finder is just a responsible way, especially when you're powdering your shotgun, it's just a responsible way of, of being an ethical hunter as well, is that yeah. you know exactly where your limits are and whether you mark physically mark it or you can see it and you know it, it's like use the range finder to your advantage. So um, in the range finders that we have in our lineup, even our impact, our, our least expensive uh, range finder is going to do you know, pretty well everything the average hunter out here in Ontario is going to encounter, whether yes. you're in a tree stand or you're pounding ducks out on the bay and you want to set up your, your decoys, or if you're going to shoot uh, deer or turkeys. So um, you don't need to go out and spend the mortgage money, uh, but it is a good piece of kit. And um, it's amazing the amount of people that don't have them. And that's fine. But I'm just, it, during, that's what education comes into, like the podcast saying, hey, man, let's like, if you can swing a few bucks, send a few bucks, get ask for it for Christmas, for your birthday, whatever. But once you get one, you'll find that you're always pulling it out. And when you said about ranging too, right? Like 
Yeah, like how many guys out there and girls don't really know if you were standing out there side by side and you picked out an object, can you tell me how far? And it could be like a hundred yards. And they yeah. like, yeah, no, it's like 150 yards. Like unless you got someone that's really switched on that's been doing a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's a good training tool. It's an excellent training tool. It's like a wind meter. When I first started shooting as a kid, I'd, you know, do yeah. guessing wind, walk around with a wind meter on and get a feel for things. Right. So it's a piece of kit that I think more people should have in on the, on their person for sure. Big time. We're, uh, we're getting close here, boys. Mark, did you have something? I was just going to say with the, with the range finder this past year, I, uh, I got one of the turkeys. It was, uh, 42 yards on the range finder mm-hmm. and that that's approaching the very outer limits that I'll take a shot at a turkey. I'm not one of these people that likes to take 50, 60 yard shots, but because I knew it was 42, I was confident. I got the turkey, uh, the moose that we got in the fall. That was at 70 yards. <laughs> I didn't need the range finder, for that, but I still use it. I wanted to see <laughs> the, yeah. uh, and deer, the deer I got was that, before the deer came in, I had uh, I had ranged different trees and objects around me, yep. so I knew where everything was. So then, when the deer came in, I was like, "Okay, it's at eighteen yards." It's like it was it was it was easy, right? But the rangefinder kind of gave me that confidence to you know exactly where everything is. You're not you're not messing around, right? Like yeah, I don't yeah. want to. Uh, I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence, but it's been brought up now a couple of times and Reg brought it up, like being in the army and using your range card, Mark, you're, you were ex infantry. Um, so you used a range card. I've used a range card. So, and for anybody that's, that's listening and, and don't understand. So what we're doing is, is when we're in our position, so say, call it your blind, your tree stand, wherever it is that you're hunting from, you, you pick objects that's in front of you and, and you say, okay, that rock is 50 yards away. And, and you sort of write it down so that you can remind yourself that if the target comes in and it's at that rock, okay, that rock is 50 yards away. And, and all it is is just a reminder for you uh, of what your surroundings are and what distances are. And, you know, and, and this is where I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence because I'm sure a lot of people do that anyways. Um, but it, but it is such a, a muscle memory thing for, for military guys to, to do something like this. Right. And, and that is another little trick to, to sort of put in your back pocket that when you're, when you get out there, listen, unless you're doing a whole different type of hunting than I'm used to, I'm usually sitting there doing nothing for a long time before the action starts. So what better way to kill some time than to sort of make yourself a mental range card and, and get those distances and stuff like that. Boys, we are ru- getting close to running out of time. And Reg, I really did want to talk to you about turkey hunting is coming up and red dot scopes are really becoming something that a lot of turkey hunters are, are starting to invest the money in. A lot of them are going out and building their own turkey gun now, putting a red dot onto it. Um, I've never used a red dot. So uh, to you, you're the expert. Explain to us the red dot and why um, turkey hunters are starting to be, you know, make this jump. The crazy thing is not only turkey hunters, but the last few years I've seen a jump in waterfowl hunters going to red dots. And I had an old timer talk to me and he said, you know, and he grew up on, on 
down living down yeah. on my neck of the woods in Hay Bay. He's saying, uh, you know, I was deer hunting with a red dot. You know, I put it on my shotgun because I said, even when I was pointing and and you're not really using the beads so much, you just kind of point and shoot. And he goes, but I found that it was so easy for me to lead the ducks. At least I can get it on the ducks real quick. And so he's been running with it. And I've seen more guys call me up and ask me about that. So things, once again, are playing double duty, right? You can use them for yeah. different applications. But turkey hunting, absolutely. When you're uh, to, to turkey hunt as a responsible hunter, you should be patterning your shot to understand how far away you are and what kind of pattern you're getting. And if you're running with granddaddy's old shotgun with a bead on the end, um, there's not much to use as an actual aiming tool because you actually want to try to put that pattern in that neck and head area. So running with a red dot gives you the ability, ability to uh, make a sight adjustments to move your pattern where it needs to be. Uh, and so you don't, don't, you know, you're not a, a Hail Mary. So you can actually move your pattern where you need to be so it could be accurate on, on your game animal, on your bird. So that, and we're seeing it as we get older, us other guys and girls, um, it's nice to have that red dot because it's so easy to pick it up and point it. I don't have to worry about trying to find the beat on the shotgun or trying to line up rough, line up some sights on it. It's just a dot. I'm going to put it on the target and let, let the bird have it. Um, there's so many benefits. A few little negatives along the way. Uh, the biggest thing is a red dot is not for everyone. Like I have astigmatism. It's a slight, I got a slight degree of astigmatism. So when I look through a red dot, I don't run one on my pistol, but on a shotgun, I'll run it for turkey because it's not that bad where I don't get a lot of flaring, but there's a little bit. It look, almost looks like a, a cluster of grapes a little bit. So it's not that perfectly round circle. So if you fall into that category, you're not a Jerry's kid. You don't need to have a telethon or anything for you. Um, you know, it's just a, the way the things are. Some people have a bit of astigmatism, some don't. Um, but if you find that you have a really serious degree of stigmatism and you, you look through it and it just looks like a big ball, like the sun and flaring off it, then I would say, don't purchase a, uh, a red dot. Another alternative would be a prismatic optic. So it's kind of in between a red dot and a more traditional scope where you have a lens and the reticle is etched on a lens and you have illumination so you can turn it on, but you okay, won't get yeah. that flaring effect. Right. Um, and for turkey hunting too, because like you said, it's coming up soon. Um, because of the distances, you don't necessarily need to have any magnification. So you're not going to get any magnification with the red dot. A lot of times it's just one time power. So what you see with the naked eye is what you're going to get. But if you do want to have magnification, you can get a magnifier that will actually fit onto the firearm and it'll actually flip in and out of the way. So it's not uh, permanent but it will give you a three or a five times or, or whatever magnification you want with your unit. Um, we do have a new magnifier that just came in our lineup as well. So red dots are extremely popular. Um, I think it's the way to go. If you're a turkey hunter, get one on it. They're not overly expensive. Um, once again, you can double duty. You can run it on your, you can run it on your shotgun for turkey. If you're a slug gun hunter, you can switch out your barrel and run slugs and you're going to you're going to be hunting deer. And uh, it's a much more accurate way to go about it, for sure. And they're not expensive. We have the Viper and the Venom. Uh, and once again, with our warranty, which we haven't touched on, but our warranty is we have the VIP warranty. And to keep it very simple for people out there that's listening, um, we don't need a receipt. We don't need any of that. The, the product is a receipt. As long as you don't, basically guys and girls, as long as you don't lose a unit, we stand behind it. 
And uh, if it's 20 years down the road and something happens to it, we'll replace it or fix it if we can. And, and, and we can attest to that, eh, Mark, because we've had a buddy that, a couple buddies that have, that have yeah. severely damaged um, stuff. And yeah, it was, it was easy. Call it up and, and a new product. If it couldn't be fixed. I want to keep you happy. Yeah. I've seen guys selling a, a Vortex scope. I can't remember. This was five, six years ago. And uh, someone had done their own little custom paint job on the scope so it was a normal black scope he painted it white with some cam on it and it was just full of paint and i was thinking to myself there's no way that can get honored under warranty and I, and I hadn't seen some of the circumstances that have been honored under warranty by you guys which i've seen since and so i just emailed vortex right there i said hey this is a scope i found it's for sale on the internet i said if, if something happened to it is it still the under warranty because of what's been done to it and they said yeah absolutely as long as you can tell it's Vortex, he said. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. And, and our warranty department is top-notch. Like, just a little, put a little plug in there. I know we're running short. No, but, go for uh, it, for the, for, for the most time, for the most part, like, our warranty crew, um, we get it landed into our shop. Our turnaround time is under a week. And sometimes it's much, much shorter than that in a few days. Not to put any pressure on them when they're listening to this, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's very quick. It's a good turnaround time. Uh, I just dealt with a customer, you know, Mark, actually this week. And um, he bought a used scope off. I don't know where he got it from the internet or wherever he got it from. And actually uh, he's sending it in, but I'm, I'm pretty positive that it was crushed. Like the previous owner over tightened the rings and, and damaged the scope. So we're not able to repair that. That's not a repairable thing. So that individual is going to get a replacement. Now I'm not saying for everyone to do that. I'm just saying that if that's the case, it accidentally happens and life happens um we've all made mistakes and if you over tighten your rings and you're not well that's why we have education right we have videos we have you can speak to us and you can call me up and we'll walk you through the process but if something happens um we're here for you we really are and uh whether you spray bomb the thing and you want to put some paint on and some camo and it uh i don't know you back over and run over with the truck accidentally we're we're still gonna we're still gonna stay behind the warranty I remember the first. I want to give your I'm... listeners any ideas, that's for sure. But uh, it is it is good to let them know that we are here, we are here for you. I remember the first time I met Peter Ray. I was working for uh, working for an organization not far from Kingston, and Peter had come out to sort of um, you know to talk about Vortex and talk about the optics and how awesome and everything was, and and he's doing his pitch right and. And the, and the owner of the business is listening in and, and stuff like this. And then Peter goes into the warranty, right? And and this and I still remember the owner going, well, not everything, right? And Peter's like, <laughs> 100%, regardless, if you break it, we're going to replace it. And he was like, how are you guys still in business? And I still remember, and Peter just going, this is what we do. Like, this is our warranty, regardless. No questions asked. We just, as long as it's... You know, if, if it it's vortex, yeah, yeah. As long as it's functioning the way it should, you know, there's there's <laughs> no need to call it call it a warranty product and to send yeah. it in. Um, the only thing we don't cover is cosmetics. So if you scratch the outer side of your your vinyls or your yeah, your scope body, like that's not a that's not a functioning thing. But if you scratch the lens on your vinyls just from daily use or something, you can give me a call and say, hey, Reg. Uh, I'd like you to, can you send them in? Can you fix up my lens? And the chances are our, our crew will, will take care of you. And 
get them, they'll go over it top to bottom and send it back to you. So um, our customer service is what we're known for. That, of course, in our product line and our warranty, whatnot. But the customer service, when you call, it's not animated. Like, you'll call me yeah. up and either you're going to reach out to Daryl, the first point of contact, um, or he'll put you over to me. We have a new guy that's on it too, Ken Thiessen. He does the same job as I do right now. And you'll get one or two of us guys and we'll take care of you. And yeah. we're not going to fool around. It's like, if it needs to be replaced, we'll replace it. But the chances are everything that comes in to a certain degree besides crushed tubes on scopes, we can repair it. And when we send it back out, it's when you get it back in your hands, it's going to be functioning just the way you expect it to function. And as good, and as good as new. Good as new. Good as new. Awesome. So, and, that, and that's a selling feature for us because, you know, if you're going to buy a pair of binos and the missus might say, this is your X number of dollars that you have to work with. And then you can go back and say, you know what? Yeah. Um, if I spend an extra 50 bucks, I can go up into this next yeah. grade from maybe diving back to Viper because it's an investment, right? And that's, that's right. when we go do shows, I hear that all the time. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to actually go up a little bit because it's not like buying a TV. You buy a TV for what, a grand? You yeah. go up to the counter to pay for it and she says, well, 30 day warranty, but for 1500 for an extra $500, I'll give you two years. Like with us, you just see what the sticker price, you pay it. And yeah. that's it. And we'll take care of you. Awesome, buddy. You know, um, we're going to have to get you back on again, Ridge, because there's a bunch of other stuff that I wanted to talk about um, and pick your brain about, and we just didn't get a chance. But what I will do is I'm going to start spreading on, on our socials a ton of stuff. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to spread about your book um, because you've got a couple, right? Um, oh yeah, actually, um, we've got one out. This one here is a program that it's called the operational tactical optics program. And, uh, it's actually being worked on. I, we assume it's going to be syndicated out to military and law enforcement only, but I am yeah. working right now and I will have a, um, a civilian version of that for hunters and target shooters, which has a lot of the same content. Uh, but it will be coming out this spring and it'll be offered on the Vortex website. It'll be offered worldwide anyways, yeah. but it's an actual firearms optics training program. So you can go from zero to hero with this one training manual That's and follow awesome. it step-by-step and learn about binos, uh, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, long range precision shooting, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Awesome. We're going to get you back on. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, uh, promote the, these books and, and, and a couple other things that I want to, to show off that Vortex has on the go. But we do need to get you back on because I want to pick your brain a little bit more. And I know Dave and, and Phil had a bunch of questions they wanted to ask too. So um, so it'd be good to get you back on down the road and, and have all four of us on and, and, and maybe Ryan even back uh, then too. So Reg, buddy. Um, I'll see if, we, see if we can get Carrie Price on with us, well, right? <laughs> buddy if you're gonna aim come on aim big yeah Shoot that's right stars. hey hey buddy i've been doing that my whole life if you're gonna go just just go all in right just with yeah, swing swing for the moon man and and swing for the fence and and hopefully uh hopefully it works out for you reg buddy thanks so, so much for doing this oh sorry you're welcome you guys yeah well i will say just one thing is we next time i'm back i'll have some good stuff to pass on okay yeah that's, that's new that, and upcoming yeah awesome can't wait um mark good meeting you in person well in person on video right <laughs> we have chatted a few times and, and uh, 
but you know, it's this is way better to actually talk face to face. Great information, great uh, great stuff from you. And uh, I got to start getting, I got to get one of your books, maybe get it autographed. And uh, Ooh, we'll we that, that just <laughs> that just devalues it, man. Man, it's not worth nothing. Man. Yeah. But uh, on that note, like uh, one thing that I will say, and I know we got to leave, and I keep saying this, but one of the the things that really attracted me to our Vortex Canada to you guys is that me being an ex-waterfowl growing up on the bay, that was one area, like a facet of hunting that really was kind of on the back burner. Everyone was about long range shooting or deer hunting or archery, but waterfowl just didn't get the attention that it needed. So very, very glad to, to see you guys take this in the direction that you are and and uh, in the followers, right? You guys are getting a good little following here and and uh, really proud of the work that you guys are doing. So stay with it. No, thanks, buddy. And, and, and you know, uh, we've said it a million times, but thank you for, you know, taking a chance on us. And, and when, you know, there's a million people like us um, taking a chance on us, uh, meant the world. And, and you know, it, it's because of those relationships that we are growing, right? Because it shows that it legitimizes us when, when a company like Vortex is, is backing us. Um, it, may, it only makes us look good, right? So um, it works both ways, but it has to be, it has to be a two-way street. Both people have, have the benefit, right? So um, again, dude, I can't, I can't thank you enough. You and Neil have been absolutely amazing. Peter, um, good dude. I was going to try and get his sons out um, for a duck hunt this fall and it just didn't get done. Um, but um, we will be in touch. I, I am, I'm really going to think about this red dot now. I'm really, really going to think about this. So I'll be picking your brain some more on the red dot. Um, but with that, Reg, buddy, thanks so much for coming on. We will have you on again. You're welcome. Late, ladies and gentlemen, this was episode 81 of Union 0430. Um, another great episode, and we are as advertised. Just a bunch of regular dudes that love talking about hunting, love, love one another's company, and just hanging out on a Wednesday or Thursday night. Um, Keep following, like, subscribe, ring the bell, all those other fancy catchphrases that uh, helps us grow. Please, um, and thank you for your support. Big love until next time.